Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Kev Danny, and the Broncos are coming off a road win, the second of the season, uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, winning 23-13, going 2-0 on the season. First time that's happened in quite a number of years, as we can all uh, just... Uh, we probably don't want to think about it. Uh, however, here we are, 2-0 and on the season. The Broncos are coming home for the first time for the season against the New York Jets. But a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, John and I are going to break down all the things that we saw during this week's game, the good, the bad. Um, but uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, coming off a win, huge stuff for the Broncos. So feeling pretty good, and uh, it's going to be a fun podcast. So glad you're here. Make sure that you're following us on all of uh, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Following us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube as well. Uh, we got a ton of content for you all, and uh, we'll, uh, I'll go ahead and, and talk to you about that later on here in the show. Uh, but for now, uh, it's time to talk about some good news. Another Broncos win. Again, welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. What is up, Broncos country? Believe it or not. So, John, I'm confused. The, the, Kevin, don't, don't you dare there's start numbers. There's, there's a zero and there's a two <laughs> in the Broncos record. Now, the way I remember this is the, the zero comes first, right? Always. Kevin, why are you bringing my vibe down, man? I'm, I'm, I'm just making right sure that You are I just am... bringing me down right now. We gotta be screaming from the rooftops. The Broncos are two and zero, Kevin. Oh, two and zero, and the two and zero wins. In September even. <laughs> hey everyone, my preseason. <laughs> my name's Kev Dan. I'm here with John. Welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast, where the Broncos just beat the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, earlier today, twenty three to thirteen on the road in the early time slot. Uh, a lot of things that we thought, you know, the the bad juju we had against us um, didn't come to fruition. We were able to walk away with the win. The Broncos are coming back home to Denver out of the uh, the heat in the South, uh, where they start uh, or they'll open up. Um, with their first home game of the season next week against the Jets, uh, which will be a fantastic game to play at home after coming uh, coming back 2-0. But, John, man, let's, uh, let's start with some big-picture thoughts. What do you have, bud? Big picture. I, I, I like what I saw. I know people are going to be negative. We, we get in such a, a habit with the Broncos of being used to being bad that we want to start nitpicking everything that goes bad. But, look, we just won – 
a game against the Jaguars where we were we were supposed to win, right? By six points, and we won by ten. So at the end of the day, that's all that really matters is what the the win loss column looks like. So right. I'm happy. I'm excited. Bridgewater looked fantastic. Our offense, it stalled at times, but still, I mean, what we're seeing from the quarterback position, which has been what we've been so concerned about for years, finally looks like we have our guy. And it's two weeks in a row. Yeah, two weeks in a row on the road. You know, yeah. to open up the season, first off, you know, the beginning of the season is always just so weird to begin with. Weird it things is. happen. Um, teams, you know, miscues and confusion and just silly mistakes that will bring down some of the, you know, best teams out there. It's already tough to do. And now you're on the road for the first two weeks of the, the season there. And that makes it even more uh, just tough. Now you've had some of the injuries that we've had and some of the, you know, new quarterback again, you know, it was, you know, okay. Yeah. The Broncos should beat the the two teams that we just did, but it doesn't mean that it was a foregone conclusion that we would. And it's good to see that these, you know, these guys went out and, and made it happen and walked away with a, a, you know, two wins in a row. And that is a fantastic way to start a season one, something that we haven't done. Um, since the Peyton Manning era too, it just, it just feels good for these guys, you know, and I think we've seen, um, you know, a lot of good things on the road and I can only imagine what they're going to be able to do, uh, when they're back home, you know? Yeah. And to your point, you should never take a team for granted in the NFL. And, and they know that all these players are very, I don't care if you have a oh and 16 lions, they still have talented players on that team. So not, they do their best not to take teams for granted us as fans. It's a lot easier uh, to do because we just expect so much. And right. this year it looks like we should be expecting a lot from these Broncos. Um, I mean, look, the rushing game looked good enough. Uh, wish we had some bigger plays there. Passing game looked good. The balance in the offense, 34 passes to 30 rushes. I, you know, that's what we want. We want the balance. Like we said last week and, and Bridgewater seems to be the guy that's going to get us back to these playoffs. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, the, the question that I always had, you know, up yeah, it's still it's it's I'm starting to get it answered. But can Teddy be consistent? We know he can be good. Can he be consistent? And I think two weeks in a row now we've seen one. He won the job. You know, there are some questions during training camp. You know, can he be consistent? We had good days, bad days, uh, right. but he won the job week one. He looked fantastic week two. He looked, you know, he looked really good. Zero turnovers. I mean, that's. <laughs> you can't ask for too much more um, and uh, is, is really leading the team. I, I think that's one thing we talked about during the offseason a lot is who's going to be the leader of the team. And I don't think out of all the names that we discussed, no one said, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to step up to be the right. leader. Right. Yeah. 100%. I mean, even if anyone thought that Bridgewater was going to be a quarterback, I think the, the thought was going to be like, okay, maybe Melvin Gordon's going to step up and we're going to be just a, heavy rushing team. We're going to choose someone that's not going to turn the ball over for obvious reasons and which he doesn't, but yeah, and you can just tell in the huddle that he, he commands it well. And, and I know that all the players have respect for him and, and do see him as that leader of the offense. I mean, he right. is the captain. I know quarterback, you're obviously, you're going to get that captain that C on your Jersey, but uh, I, I don't know who else you'd pick on this offense to be the, the, the captain and the leader. Right. It's just good to see him actually functioning as that, you know, not just yeah. a you're a quarterback, you're an automatic right. captain, but, you know, to hear what all the players are saying of him, of, 
you know, you know, what he says in the huddles and how he has words of encouragement and he always has something to say. And like you're saying, command of the huddle, uh, command of the offense. That's, that's what this team's been missing, you know? So not just somebody who's consistent that'll protect the football, but somebody who can, you know, the team can rally around. Um, And man, if we are able to get the Teddy that was, you know, pre injury, Teddy, Holy crap. Like this is something that I'm starting to wake up to saying, Hey, this might be a lot, a lot, a lot better than what we originally thought when we were just thinking we're going for the safer option. We're going for the guy that uh, was the, you know, pro bowl select and 11 win season going to the playoffs in the second year. Um, Yeah, man, it's looking really good. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Not, not only was he a pro bowl, Pro Bowl quarterback when he when prior to his injury, but he was also in a, a Pat Shermer offense then too. So yep. look, he gets the offense. They have to trust in him to make the decision. And he just even when he gets under pressure, I think we, I hope this becomes a theme all season. Uh, even when he's under pressure, he just looks so cool and collected and still makes the play happen. Now mm-hmm. we did have three sacks today that that were for some big losses. I think one was a minus sixteen loss. Yep. Um, I don't know if Bridgewater really could. I mean, he, he kept that play alive longer and longer and just seemed like it was getting worse and worse. But, you know, I'll gladly trade that for the plays that he's making um, for the most sure. part when he is under duress. So, right. I, the numbers he's put up so far is that that Pro Bowl year so far. He's mm-hmm. another 125 rating at quarterback, like over 300 yards. He's, he's over 500 yards combined for both games. I think it's over 560 combined for both games. It's. Mm-hmm. Looking good. <laughs> Looking real good. Yeah. We'll have to the, – the questions we're going to be asking is uh, how does he fare against the the teams we're looking towards in the future of right. Kansas City and right. Baltimore. And we'll get there when we get there, right. you know. Right. Um, but for now, like this is – if you're talking about something that builds confidence, um, you know, not we don't just win at home, but we win on the road as well. Uh, and that can help you steal some games that maybe you're not supposed to win. Uh, this is this is laying the foundation for that easily, right. and that's you know super exciting to see for for sure. And and Kevin, I know you and I are very familiar with this, but that Florida heat is no joke. Oh God, and the humidity, and then you saw that random rain coming that that afternoon oh. rain that comes through every day down there. Gross. Summer. And those were not fun playing conditions. I'll tell you that right no. now. So. I mean, these numbers look good. It'd be interesting. Well, you know, let's see what happens next week against a similar opponent yep. um, in much more favorable conditions at home with a fan, a, a fan base that's going to be going nuts. Oh, I cannot wait to be in that stadium for yeah. the next two weeks. Um, yeah, and so what I what I really like is when they say, "Oh, yeah, it's eighty one degrees down here." I'm like, "Nah." Mm-hmm. People from Colorado mm-hmm. and have never left Colorado might be saying, "Oh, that's not too bad." That's not bad now. Hey. That doesn't take into account the humidity, you know, yeah. and if it's raining all the night before, you know, right yeah. up until the game, you're probably honestly looking at 95 to 100 with close to 100% humidity. And yeah. when it rains like that, it just, the the air gets so gross and oh, heavy. It's that it just feels like your, your skin is sticky and it's just, yeah. it's not a good rainstorm. It's not like you're like, oh, I kind of finally breathe again and get this. It cools this, off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it doesn't cool you off at all. Not not down there this time of year. So uh, nope. crappy conditions to say the least. Uh, but we, we made it happen, man. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, going into halftime, what were you thinking though, uh, Kevin? Cause, cause I was a little worried. Yeah, I was worried. Um, uh, what my thing was, and we'll touch on. So look, at end of the day, a win is a win. 100%. Super happy. Um, I'm not going to knock them too much because you, you got what you wanted, right? You have that two and zero record, but with that, there are some things that happened injury wise that we can't control. Yeah. Injury. There are some things like the number of penalties we had. We oh, had yeah. over a hundred yards worth of penalties. I think it was eleven or twelve. I'd have to I'd have to pull up the number here. Um, yeah. But we it were was, in- it was ten, 10 penalties for 101 yards. Okay, so I mean that you don't like, Not good. Um, and there were just man, there are just some things where it's like, man, we're just not really clicking, you know, on on defense. Um, So going into halftime, I think that was the big one is, you know, the opening drive definitely had me worried, you know. I was like, wow, they just moved the ball down the field real easy, you know. Um, And we were able to hold them to just the seven points there in the first half. But still, it was like, man, we're not doing too much on offense ourselves. Um, and so we're just, you know, really that game at halftime should have been 13, uh, 10, you know, in our favor, two field goals. Oh, cause it's too many. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can start nitpicking. I felt like that first penalty on their opening drive was garbage and would have, that was a third down play. So yep. look, that, that changes the whole scope of it. They obviously don't go down and score on that first drive mm-hmm. and it's a totally different discussion from there on out. Um, so, you know, you can throw that in there. I, I really felt like in the first half we had so many pass interference calls that weren't called for in our favor. Oh, uh, yeah. That were blatant. I thought there were three that were blatant um, that just, for whatever reason, they decided weren't going to call. So, um, you know, we can play the what-if game all day long. Oh, sure, long. sure, sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Though, going into halftime, I, I felt like, like you said, it wasn't clicking and that we were going to get it fixed. It was going to go one way or the other, right? We were either going to get it fixed and, and we, it was going to be kind of this easy win that we got, or we weren't. And it, we were going to be talking right now about being one and one and how disappointing that is. So yeah. they got it fixed because um, the second half was pretty much night and day. And, you know, who knows how we'd be talking about that first half if, if they had connected on, on some of those deep balls. I will say – for Teddy Bridgewater, supposed to be this safe quarterback. Man, are we taking some shots down? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. No, so. and uh, you're right. I mean, a couple of them, we've, if we had just connected on them, I mean, you're talking about instead of putting up, you know, just three points in the first quarter, that could have been a touchdown right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some more points in the second quarter. Um, you know, there was, I think, uh, I think it was a deep ball to Cortland. Uh, I mean, we were throwing to Cortland all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but where you got tugged on the jersey three very distinctive times where it's like, hold up, are we going to call this both ways or, you know? Yeah. It, okay, it, refs. And I don't like to sit there and, I mean, in the middle of the game, I'll show out the refs because that's part of the the game experience, right? Right. Um, but when you sit back and think about it, it's like, you know, some of those calls were were fair and legit and, and, and good calls that we deserve to be called against us, right? Yeah. But then you look at ones like that, you're like, hey, you should have called that hands down why why didn't you so there there are things like that where it's like okay you know we did miss out on some points i think um at the end of the day these these chances we're taking the deep balls man the connection that bridgewater with the receivers uh already is already it's already there 
but it's going to get better and better and better. And these chances we take, they're going to connect on more of them, you know, instead of just being right outside of the reach, man, it's going to be right there. And we get Jerry Judy back. Holy crap. Like these chances are going to really, I think, you know, you're talking about keeping momentum in our favor or getting momentum in our favor against some of these tougher teams. That's going to really, I think, Oh, just steal some wins for us. And it's, I just, I don't yeah. want to jinx anything, but it's exciting, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, we, it's not like we didn't connect on any of those deep passes either. We had, right. we had a few, I know it, I can think of one off the top of my head from to Sutton that was phenomenal um, in the second half. So they're still connecting. I mean, we had the drop last week by Hamler on a deep pass. that was wide open. Like they're going to connect and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, throw some of those penalties in there and, I, it just felt like it was a one side on the on the penalties today. Even though if you look at it, it was ten to seven, one hundred and one for us, seventy for the Jaguars. But to me, it felt like some of those Jaguar penalties were coming in that fourth quarter of the game and was pretty much already put away. Right. Um, so I, it, the first half was just frustrating from that standpoint. It and, was. Uh, I think I expected there. the score to be twenty three to three yeah. at halftime. Yeah. You know, yeah, very easily like, could have been. <laughs> very easily could have been. So. Uh, it was close. Now talking about uh, making it connections and you know things finally clicking, you know, um, talk about how the the pregame podcast those guys have an easy job and they get to just sit around and and make all these random predictions, right? Well, they finally got one correct. Okay, <laughs> out of all these years of doing this, and this is to show kind of how easy. I like it the is. rivalry that goes on between the two podcasts. Exactly. You know, but it's we still kind all of love like, each other. At uh, the end of the day. Um, with uh, Anchorman, there you go, and all oh, the different yeah, yeah. news teams meet yeah, up, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, news!" We're gonna have a fight, <laughs> right? It's like the pregame, postgame podcast rivalry where you show up in the middle of a you know, abandoned field and start fighting with medieval weapons. Uh, I'll bring the, the trident, and you bring the trident. Okay, I'll bring the grenade. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so they they finally, I'll give them credit where credit is due. They got one right. And that is Pat Sertan uh, making that interception. Um, you know, fantastic. Perfect timing for it, too. Oh, it was great, yeah. On that deep pass, again, I was, I, you know, kind of holding our breath. I was like, is everybody going to call a penalty? What's going to happen here? And then he makes a catch. Um, luckily, it stood. I was a little worried with the way that the calls seemed oh, to be going today. That I, I thought for sure they were going to overturn that one, and it was just going to be not our day from that per, uh, from that standpoint. But, yeah. Second game of his career gets an interception just like his father. So I think there's going to be some some rivalry there. See how many uh, more he can can put up in his Broncos career. Yeah. But uh, that was that was phenomenal, 100. Yeah. percent I mean, he did everything right there that he did wrong on that pass interference that he did deserve earlier in the game. Sure. Uh, you know, he, he spotted the ball, he turned his head, he found it midair, and just made the play and and came down and bounced. Most importantly, <laughs> most importantly, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, no, that was that was awesome. Ne- next time, maybe we can shoot for a pick six from him. Yeah, you know, one, one thing at a time. One step at a time. We'll see. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on uh, all the predictions the pregame podcast make, and uh, <laughs> you, you know how often they are. Now, if you're talking about wanting to make uh, wanting to listen to a show that makes accurate predictions, the Ragers podcast here at cool. Orange Weekly. Poof, making making us some money. Um, (laughs) Making us that money. Yeah. So if you guys are into sports betting out there, um, or, you know, even if you're just wanting to listen to kind of hear what uh, Vegas is thinking for 
for the upcoming game. Uh, Ray does a great job breaking down those Vegas betting lines, telling you what get what bets he's taking and why he's taking them, and maybe why he's not taking some other ones. Um, I think he's what he was almost four for four today. I think he was three for three four. Three for four, very close to four for four last week. I think he was four for five. Yep. So we're looking at something like seven for nine for the season. Yep. Not bad for in the betting world. If you're getting over 50%, you're doing a good job. So no, I'm already up $75 and it's <laughs> just two games in. Yeah. So yeah. His, um, bets, yeah. his bets have been working to say the least this year. Um, the one that missed that was so close was Tim Patrick, uh, you know, three catches for 37 yards, the over under on that bet, I believe it was 45 and a half, 44 and a half, something like yeah. that. So man, you're talking about one more catch. And then you're going four for four for Ragers this week, which I'll take three for four all week <laughs> or all, any week of the season. But, you know, if Cortland Sutton didn't have this breakout game for the season, uh, I think Tim Patrick's getting more looks. What, what are they going to do? Stop throwing to Cortland Sutton when he's catching it every time they're throwing it to him? Nine, <laughs> nine receptions, 12 targets, 160 yards. Fantastic, but, man. But, I mean, why would you not throw to that guy? <laughs> You know, so I was kind of still worried about him because there were still times where he was limping a little bit. Yeah, at the beginning um, especially. And I think maybe talking about injuries. So I'm glad he walked away with a fantastic game yeah. without at least making his injury any worse or making it appear to be any worse than what yeah. it what it is. Hopefully it can continue to heal in that right direction. Um, now with... Uh, um, Josie Jewell. There you go. That's the first yeah. one I want to talk about. Josie Jewell. That's a tough one, honestly. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, I'm wondering how bad it is. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's not. Because what they call it, a shoulder injury? Shoulder injury. And I mean, it was after that big hit. Um, yeah, on special teams, that was. He popped man, up. Everyone was jacked on that. You know, he was excited. He had, Maybe it was the adrenaline for making that hit, and he didn't uh, even know he had gotten hurt, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping it was more of a. Uh, hey, look, dude, we don't need you the rest of the game. Like, it's not worth it. Like, let's get him checked know. out. He was on fire before that injury, though. He had two big tackle for losses or before yep. that. Um, so I don't think they would have taken him out at that point either. It's not like we were blowing him out or anything like that. So yeah, that one concerns me. The good news is that Stranad came in and he ended up tying for the the lead league in ta- or the, the the team league in uh, in tackles with six. So. If Jules out, you know, hopefully he can fill in a little bit. But I don't know. That's an area. That's a that's a part in our depth chart that I'm not as um, confident about as I am, say, our edge rushers, our cornerbacks, our wide receivers. So that one does concern me. Yep. Not to well, say that you know Stranod can't step into that position or um, who's the other one, uh, the rookie that I'm blanking on his name who doesn't have a stat today. Uh, Barry Brown, Browning, gosh, yeah, Browning, <laughs> I have a brain fart there. Uh, I think I those guys could step okay. in if need be, but uh, Josie Jewell looked really good today before that injury. I think it won't be too. And, and look, if we don't have them next week for the Jets, I think we'll be okay. We'll be, I know, I know, and I feel the same way. So, the Jets is that's the team to get healthy with, um, yeah, whether it's so, Chubb, whether it's Jewel, same thing for Chubb. Yeah. Um, look, he was already kind of questionable. I'm Man, you got to trust the doctors. Of course, the player is going to say, "Yeah, I'm ready to play, coach. Put me in." Yeah. If the coach, if if the athletic trainers and the docs say, "Yeah, he's good to go," yeah, 
okay, as the coach, you, you probably put him in there. At the same time, it's like, mm, you know, do how, ah, man, it just, it's one of those things like, if he hadn't been hurt, like we obviously wouldn't be talking about, we'd be like, okay, I'm glad he's back and healthy, right? But now he's re injured. Um, how long is he going to be out? And god damn, like that just that just sucks, man. It does feel so bad for the guy. Yeah, he was he was pissed (laughs) when that happened, Mm -hmm. um, which is never a good sign because you can they know like when they're hurt, they like and how bad it is at that point. He knew he wasn't playing the rest of the game at least. But um, but yeah, and and hindsight's always twenty twenty with these kind of things. Um, if you, like you said, if he had played the full game and been fine, we would have been like, all right, good call. You know, you know, it helped with Von Miller getting more sacks or he got sacks, something like that. So, mm-hmm. you, you like you said, you just gotta trust the the doctors on the team because I would assume if he's fifty fifty, like it seemed like he was today before the game, they're probably gonna hold him out next week against the Jets um, yep. and just get him ready for the Ravens. Yep. Because that's a team that we we don't need Chubb for. Like, to be blatantly honest, we don't need Chubb. We can do just fine with Malik Reed, uh, with Jonathan Cooper in that spot. Yep, agreed. So, so I, I would not expect to see. Not who knows. You know, injuries are not, definitely not either of our fortes. So, <laughs> um, you know, maybe he does end up playing next week. Maybe it's not that bad. The, the thing that concerns me is, do we even? We know it's his ankle, but we have no idea what the injury is. All they, all they say is it's like a. An injury, you know, an ankle injury. <laughs> it's the, I think it's the non-surgically repaired ankle. It's the one he had surgery on. Right. Um, I think it's the other one that's been bugging him um, that he just re-injured uh, yeah. or aggravated right. today. So other so, than just sprained or twisted, whatever, I don't know. Whatever re-aggravated means in the sports world when it comes to how many weeks are we going to be out. I think it still seems like it's like a week-to-week type injury. Right. But I know it's frustrating and, you know, those, those guys want to get out there and be a hundred percent and be able to focus on playing their top game. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the, in, in the meantime, Von Miller is looking fantastic. You yeah. know, he had the one sack, uh, I think just one sack today. Um, but yeah, how many times did he have face? <laughs> he's making tackles he in, in the backfield. Oh, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, and he was disrupting plays, which is what he's there to do. Um, and, and the other injury we had last week, Darby, that's where Sertan got that that start today mm-hmm. at, at the uh, at, at cornerback. So, um, look, they picked on him. I know we already talked about Sertan a little bit, but they were picking on him. They knew they, he was a rookie and they were going to test him. And early on, it seemed like the right call for them. And then he made them pay later in the game. So yep. that doesn't seem like a concern. Now Darby's going to be out until after the Ravens game going to the Steelers. But I don't know. I it, we, we, I know we all have super high expectations for this guy, but moving forward next week and then against the Ravens, do you have any concern putting Sertan out there as one of our starting cornerbacks? No, I mean, I, I personally think that he is going to improve so quickly. Yeah. I mean, you saw it already today. Like, he made a couple adjustments from mistakes he made early in the game, and he made them pay for it, you know. Um, he's still going to make more rookie rookie mistakes, and that's expected. But I think he's going to rebound from them and and fix them very quickly. And I yeah. think he's going to improve just so fast week to week. The more uh, the, the more time he's out on the field, the better he's going to get at just at an exponential rate. Um, yeah. And so I think next week is going to be a huge uh, growth, you know, and learning opportunity for him. Um, and I think by midseason, I mean, the, already this guy is paying off. Um, 
between him and Javante Williams, I mean, our number one, number two picks are already paying off tremendously in just, you know, week two alone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, Tam, I mean, let, let's compare it because we can. Look, we were playing against the, the number one pick in the draft this week. Uh, wh- who would you rather have, Patrick Sertan right now, who just had his first interception of his career, or uh, Trevor Lawrence, who just passed 14 for 33, 118 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions? Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's not easy to call. Trevor Lawrence. But he has two. Right. But, but hey, still. I mean, he looks like a first-round pick in Sertan, and uh, we knew that. But uh, – I'd pick Sertan with the numbers today. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Very yeah, easily. Pretty easy pick there. Um, and then the last injury, since we we're kind of on that topic, was uh, Glasgow. Yeah. Moody filled in for him today. I thought he had a pretty solid game. I think there was probably there some was one. sacks and, and some rushes that came against him specifically. Yep. But I thought overall, you know, for a guy – low round pick. If I remember from a year ago, mm-hmm. he seems to be improving. I, I thought it was a, still a solid start from him. Uh, oh, sure. He did a good job filling in. Um, uh, Glasgow will be back next week. This was a, you know, look, Glasgow traveled with the team. Um, you know, as Fangio said in, in the press conference late last week, you know, all the tests came back uh, negative, which we actually mean to interpret as their good news. It's positive that, yeah, the test came back negative, right? <laughs> so he's okay. Um, he traveled with the team and he he did the pregame warm up. It was just one of those things like, look, dude, we it's not worth it. Like, yeah. let's give you a little bit more time to rest, make sure we're okay, uh, and get you back in there for next week. So uh, he'll be back. Uh, he was he was missed. Uh, I think a couple of those, you know, I think especially one sack. Yeah. Um, just the guy blew past Moody. Uh, I think Glasgow would have had that easily, you know, um, and it would have been okay. But um, no, overall, I think they did a really good job. Uh, You saw when people went down uh, the next guy up mentality. um, They're not making excuses for any, any mistakes or any bad plays. The mentality of the team um, and the coaching staff, I'm really happy with. uh, and, And just seeing how these guys are, moving on you know when there's a mistake they don't let it get to them they move on and and they just just keep pressing down the field you know yeah i mean the one concern is the injuries they don't seem like they're like season like they're they're gonna affect the whole season for the broncos but they're starting to pile up a little a little bit you know with judy and and darby Mm -hmm. darby hopefully will be back sooner you know Mm -hmm. right after that three weeks that he's gonna miss um but now you know glasgow you know hopefully like you said he's gonna be back and then uh, Jewel today, we'll just have to see what what comes back from that. And then same with Chubb. So, yep. I, I just hate when these injuries start piling up. And these are you know pretty key players for us. Yeah, you know you keep chipping away at it, and then uh, you're not left with much before. Right. Exactly. before you know if, we, it, so. if, we, if we have guys, two or three guys go down every game, and they're not back the next week, we're going to be in trouble here soon. Yeah. Um, and we'll and as far as Glasgow goes, it, it'll be interesting having him back next week. Hopefully how that affects our running game. Cause it wasn't terrible, obviously 30, 30 carries combined for, uh, for Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and then four from Bridgewater, but 30 mm-hmm. carries for 96 yards, not terrible. Javante Williams though, man, when he, you got the ball, he, uh, he doesn't go down. The guy just cannot no. be tackled. <laughs> he averaged 4.9 yards per carry, man. Yeah. Uh, you, you cannot ask for more from, from not, not just any running back, but, 
uh, a rookie, you know, uh, right. and compare that to Melvin Gordon's 2.4 yards yeah. per carry. So it's a big difference. It is. Yeah. And, but it's, I would say if I did the math, it was basically double a little bit more than double. Roughly, roughly. roughly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. Quick math on you, on you Kevin. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, again, some of these big carries that he had came later in the game, kind of similar to last week, which goes back to yep. having a balanced offense, you know, yep. 34 passes, 30 rushes, you're going to get those late game big plays. Um, this time it was Javante Williams. Last week, obviously Melvin Gordon with that 70-yard run. But, man, just it feels different when Javante Williams has the ball than when Melvin Gordon does. It does. N- nothing against Melvin Gordon because I think he still is a solid back, obviously. Like, there's a reason they're splitting the carries 50-50 between the two of them. But just it seems like in any given play, Javante Williams is just going to get that one or two more missed tackles and, and get an extra five, 10 yards on the play. Yeah. So I'm not going to be surprised by the end of the year if Javante Williams is getting a, a heavier workload compared to Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. which is kind and, of what we've been talking about. We got him to be the the number one back for the Broncos, you know, um, in, in the future. And I think he's already two weeks in showing that we're on the right course for that. Um, I can say that, you know, we're going to – drop Melvin Gordon as soon as we can or that he's not good or anything like that. But if you're looking to say who's, who's RB one for the Broncos, it's going to be Javante Williams. Yeah. Are you Um, ready to to make that, (laughs) make that, that point already? So. All right. I I mean, I I do agree. Yeah. He is for the future. He's going to be our guy. I'd be surprised, honestly, (laughs) two games into the season, if Melvin Gordon's going to be on our team next year, given that he's on the last year of his Mm -hmm. uh, contract. So. Yep. Yeah, and that's the reason they got him. And, and look, it's I think it's working out faster than they expected when they drafted him, honestly. Oh, well, I did too. I mean, I didn't expect him to be doing things like this. I mean, we'll see how he does, you know. Um, look, last week, even against the um, um, the Giants in their defense, and, and he was still making plays. And uh, he's doing the same thing in the NFL he, he did in college, right? So yep. – um, it's transferring over very well. And while there are going to be rookie mistakes and we're going to, you know, just live through those and grow yeah. through those. Um, I think this is a guy that, you know, is just, he's going to be the workhorse for the Broncos offense. We can find a way to get that off that, that, uh, run game going, um, and take some of the pressure off of Teddy. Um, yeah. whole, I mean, this is an offense that can really be clicking here. Uh, and start making trouble for some of these teams like the Chiefs and the Raiders and, uh, you know. <laughs> and if anyone's going to help us make those adjustments to get the run game going, it's going to be Munchak. Like, we have the best offensive line coach in the NFL. I, I think hands down. I'm not biased at all. But right. uh, <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it is true. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame coach, former head coach uh, for the Titans. So, on any given week, I don't know who's going to be the lead rusher for the team, though, But as far as yards go, because I think both of them just pound down the defense, and mm-hmm. then it just takes one one or two plays where they're getting to 20, 30 yards, and it's now you there just you became the, the lead rusher for the game. So yep. I think that was today with Javante. Last week was Melvin. We'll see what happens next week against the Jets. Yep. That'll be so good. I mean, it was already interesting to hear the crowd noise. You know, especially in the fourth quarter, though. Oh, yeah. Um, it was all Broncos fans by the fourth quarter, I think, out there. Um, yeah. And it'll be fun to see, you know, and hear, you know, the Mile High Stadium next week and and cheer those guys on out there. So, yeah. As far as our receivers went, obviously, Cortland Sutton, just awesome, awesome game. Uh, yep. I especially love having him on my fantasy 
I do too, wait. except he's on my bench. So no, yeah, but I'm playing against Jared, so that should make you feel a little bit better. I it, it does. It does. <laughs> Uh, but Sutton had a – was there anybody else in the passing game that really stood out to you? Obviously, we had Kendall Hinton that had that one reception. Yeah. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, of yeah. all of our guys on the practice squad, I, I did not expect him to be the one that got called up, you know, over Tyree Cleveland or over um, Seth Williams, the rookie. So mm-hmm. it was good to see. And, and look, he made a really good play on that 15-yard catch. So that was awesome. No, it was really good to see. Um, I think uh, – I like how we're getting both – both Fant and uh, Albert Okawebenam involved. Um, I, I, you know, it's one thing just to get Fant involved, but uh, to have o- Albert Owen there as well, and he's making plays and catches. Yeah, um, that's really good to see. Um, yeah. One of our Raiders for the week, Albert O, getting over 15 yards, so he got mm-hmm. 24. That's a win on the Raiders' book. So yeah, yes, great getting him involved. I was a little surprised after last week that Fant didn't get more catches. You know, he ended up with four for 33 yards. Um, but I think that just goes back to Sutton getting all the targets today. Yeah. Um, and then Tim Patrick, you know, uh, like I, I don't know what to talk about with these guys because Corbin Sutton was the show today. I guess Hamler not getting involved really at all um, was surprising just because he has that potential. But with the problem, well, not the problem, the good thing with the Broncos is that any of these guys could pop one of these weeks like last week was judy hamler had some good stuff Ham had some good stuff last week Cortland sutton had i think one catch last week yeah um this week thank god i didn't bench him on my team i apologize to you who did but uh <laughs> yeah he, he just went he looked like old Cortland sutton and yeah it was awesome exactly hey uh for those of you uh listening to this uh on your favorite podcast sites uh, we do broadcast this uh, uh, post-game podcast live on YouTube only, so make sure you're following our page, uh, at, uh, the Facebook page and whatnot, so you see that uh, uh, notification pop-up that we are broadcasting live. If you are watching live, uh, then uh, go ahead and post comments and questions, and uh, we'll be able to answer them uh, at the end of the show. So just so you know, this new thing we're doing here at Orange Weekly, uh, this one does go live as well. Um, but just make sure you check that out and keep uh, keep tabs on all of our social media. So, um, okay, well, uh, I think those are the the big things that we really covered. Uh, a lot of good things. Some things that we need to clean up. Again, it's week two. It's the, the team's going to improve and get cleaner. Uh, I am really looking for penalties to drop next week. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one. Um, also just connect on maybe some of those, uh, deeper passes, a couple more of those, and just kind of, I don't want the jets game to be close. I mean, I want this to be a total blow out of the blown out of the water, um, huge home win and just give the the Broncos as much confidence as possible as they get ready for the Ravens. Yeah. Early in this one, it felt like it was going to be one of those games again. It's going to be close. Hopefully we'd like get the win in the end. Obviously that second half went a lot differently. It was so funny to see the transition though, from the broadcasters first drive of the game for the the Jaguars. They were all over Trevor Lawrence this week. He looks so much better. He's looking great. He's looking amazing. They've cleaned everything up. That pretty much held, even though they had only scored seven points, they were still keeping that narrative pretty much into halftime. And then after halftime, they're like, well, okay. So it really wasn't that great of a game for Trevor Lawrence. They still have a long way to go. Urban Meyer has some things to think about. So I was very happy to see that change. Hopefully this next week we can get that first drive on defense, just three and out or an interception or a fumble or something. 
not let them go down the field because if there's one trend that that that's really it from the defensive side that's been negative. Everything else has been completely positive. Thirteen yeah. points allowed in both games. One, I mean, on the defensive side, really only seven in this one. The the other touchdown coming on that that kick return, which we don't need to talk about special teams. Uh, I was actually going to talk about that, but okay. Uh, okay. All right. We, we can talk about special teams then because that was the biggest area that was frustrating. Like I, we should just kick it. I don't know why we're not kicking it through the, the goalposts every kickoff or, and punting it out of bounds every time. Cause yeah, man, we know what we got. Down. Why are we even giving them an opportunity? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like that was right. Ah. That second touchdown when we had the game in hand, and they go and score that, and all of a sudden it was a game again. That was just. But that's what I'm talking about: is you give them a chance, no. and now they're back in the game. And you know, we're lucky this was, you know, Jacksonville. What if this was the Ravens? What if this was yeah. the Chiefs? You know, and they can actually use. You know, when they get that momentum and they get that, and yeah. they're back in the game, yeah. and they can feed off of that immensely. Um, that's when you're talking about something like special teams costing right. you a game. Uh, and you're right. So why are we even giving them a chance to return any of these kicks? Yeah. Period out the end. No, we're done. Uh, we know what we have. Um, <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. On the bright side, look, they could have made that a one-score game going for that two-point conversion. And Sertan almost had his second interception of the game on that two-point conversion. Was never yeah. close to being completed. So you know that kept it easily in the Broncos' favor, even even if they gave the ball back to Jacksonville, it was going to be a two-score game. So it felt yeah. pretty confident we were going to get the win after that. So yeah, it was still, frustrating to see. Still a pretty easy win for the Broncos, which is yep. all we can really hope for um, anytime the Broncos have played in the last three years. So yeah, um, it feels good to get them early on, get the momentum like you're talking about. Okay, uh, I think to kind of move on a little bit, uh, I, I am going to make a prediction here before the the pregame podcast guys do uh i'm gonna try my hand at at what what they do uh my prediction is the broncos will score a touchdown on their opening drive against the jets yeah break that streak that would be a good one to see for sure what about the interceptions are we getting more than four interceptions from uh, zach wilson in the first half of the game like he did today oh no i'm definitely taking the under on that one Uh, I, I don't know why. I just, I just think that we're not going to be able to get that lucky. No, um, uh, but again, we'll we're definitely have up. some. I, I would think two or three. I don't know if we're going to have four. So, so opening drive touchdown. You said, yep. Okay, it's been right. twenty-one straight games where the Broncos haven't done it. And so, before any Jared or Matt or David can can get that one out, uh, I want to be able to say that hey, I made that one first here, and uh, <laughs> see how that works and see if okay. I can go one for we'll one a note of that and tell them when they make that claim next uh, we will be sure that you get the credit. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, another rookie quarterback, right? How exciting mm-hmm. for that. Fangio just loves to beat rookie quarterbacks, which, Hey, well, he's 19 and nine now or something like that. Something like that all time. But as head coach, he's five and oh, so yeah. I, I believe that is a statistic. Well, that, but um, don't quote me on that, I guess. But I'm pretty sure it's 5-0 and against rookie yep. quarterbacks. So not feeling great for Zach Wilson next week. No, especially not against our defense. The Patriots did not make him look very good today. So, And the Patriots aren't very good themselves. So that says something. Yeah. I mean, the defense, our defense is much better than the Patriots. And the Patriots have – yeah, we don't need to talk about the Patriots. But <laughs> I'm sorry I brought them up. Uh I'm excited for next week. I think it's going to be – I hope it's an even bigger margin of victory for us. 
Uh, I think it will be because I think today, honestly, was a little weird. I think it, we should have scored more points today. Yep. We didn't. We still won by 10, still beat the spread, which is important from a betting standpoint. But yeah, um, I think next week, I, I'm hoping we're in the 30s for, for our scoreline. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And I think it's possible. And then you're talking about like, you know, what, look, one week at a time. Um, but we're putting ourselves in a very good position. Um, kind of, you know, we're you know, preseason. We're saying, hey, here's where we want to be. And we're mm-hmm. here, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. going into the Jets game. So uh, two home games up next, um, beat the Jets and then. Uh, hopefully just have a ton of confidence, not too much confidence, but enough to say, Hey, you know, we're doing pretty well. We can stand with these guys yeah. uh, against the Ravens and kind of see where the season stands at that point uh, after week four. So um, yeah. it's uh, it's good to be a Broncos fan right now for sure. And this is a, uh, this is something we haven't felt for, for a while, man. So, yeah. Yeah. I think our confidence assuming next week goes the way we think it will. I think we're going to be sky high confidence going to that Ravens game. Um, and we'll see what the Ravens do tonight. They looked a little shaky last week, barely, uh, lost the Raiders. I mean, that was a weird, just a weird ending to that game. Yeah. Um, but it's Talk also about Lamar week Jackson, one so you, you can never tell if Lamar could take on a team by himself. So you, you can't really take that for granted, but the Ravens are hurting at the same time. So we'll definitely talk more about the Ravens next week. Um, being that we're coming up against them after this week, um, <laughs> Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, because uh, honestly, that was the feeling I had in the first half of this game. It's like, oh, crap, we overlooked this team, and now they're going to make us pay for it. But luckily, yep. they didn't, and we don't want the same thing to happen against the Jets. So hopefully, it's a more confident one against the Jets. Penalties, I'm really not – like, it sucked today. I, I'm really not worried about it for the long term. Fangio has made a point to be like, look, we're not going to lose because of penalties, um, which today did not help. Penalties did not help today. No. So uh, I would not think that's going to be a season-long issue for us. Right. Well, here's uh, – better not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you're right. I don't think it will be. It just it was just frustrating to see that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. It's, it's like what the Raiders normally feel like. True. This is very <laughs> true. Uh, and I think the Raiders are getting lucky. The Raiders are 2-0 as well, and uh, yeah. I don't think they're as good as, as you know, their record shows, so. Yeah, I mean, AFC West is not looking like a fun time right now. Um, unfortunately, that's the division we're we're dealt with. So, um, yep. yeah, did the did the did the uh, Chargers end up winning that one? Uh, I believe uh, no. And as we're recording this, uh, you can tell you everybody else probably knows as they're right. listening to this. Yeah. Um, so but looking Chargers around lost, the league, Chargers lost twenty to seventeen. Kept it close against a very good Dallas defense. Yep. Their head coach is our former defensive coordinator, right? Um, th- their defense might be legit um, in, in, in L.A. So to, the yeah. fact that they get kept it that close against a very good Dallas offense, we're in a very tough t- division, to say the least. I expect Kansas City to win tonight. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have to play all these games very hard to, to make the playoffs this year because our division is not going to do us any favors, it seems like. Nope. But uh, I think that's what is really going to, um, you know, you're talking about getting experience for these young players. Um, And maybe it doesn't work out this year, but you're talking about uh, finally having a quarterback, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, even if if we barely miss out on the playoffs, but 
Um, you're talking about Fangio possibly coming back again next year because, you know, we we improve so much. Um, these guys are going to get better because they're playing these tough teams twice a year versus just having an easy cakewalk schedule. So I think yeah. it's, you know, it, it may suck, but it's only going to help in the long term. So True, true. And the level of competition obviously just makes our guys better. Um, just – just not fun going against the AFC West right now for anybody. No. Uh, I'm just hoping it's a fluke from the Raiders these first two weeks. I think it is. Last I, week they shouldn't have won. I don't know what's up with Pittsburgh. Right? Um, what the hell? The Raiders, the Raiders aren't any team to brag about. I think once they start playing some of these tougher teams as well and they play us, I think we can beat them twice. Um, I, you know, know. I think we can beat the Chargers at least once. Like, you know, I think we'll be okay. You know, I it's going to so be too. tough I mean, games, but I think we'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. I, I will be curious to see how that Chargers defense plays against us, being mm-hmm. that they're, you know, familiar with our, familiar with our offense uh, yeah. as they are. So, yeah, it's going to be fun regardless. It should be very entertaining games. And I hope we can get that one win, at least one win against KC. Finally. Finally. I think I think we got it, man. I think this is the year. I feel you think good. It's the year. All right. Feel good. So <laughs> cool, man. I like it. Well, any closing thoughts before I give the spiel? I think we touched on it all. I uh, yeah. Aside from the one thing we didn't talk about was Kareem Jackson's awesome interception on that play. Oh but, yeah, uh, he came out of nowhere. He just came out of nowhere. The guy was wide open. Like that should have been a pretty big play for them. But uh, right. Yeah. And he just so, came out of nowhere and, yeah, oh. and, and made the play and <laughs> won me some money. <laughs> so there, I you love it. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, so, yeah. a, lot, a lot of good things uh, that we covered. Uh, the Broncos are gonna, feeling pretty good on their ride home to Denver. I'm sure, um, you know, we'll, we'll get that injury news here in a couple days. And with that, make sure you check out orange weekly uh, Monday night uh, after dark show. Uh, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. We also got the Tuesday night Bourbon Broncos, no BS. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, you got this post-game podcast. You got the pre-game podcast. And as much as we pick on them, we do love them. They do a great job. Make sure you make sure you listen to them. Um, and then the Ragers podcast, again, we're winning some money based off of uh, the off of Ray uh, and his predictions. And, and this is what he's known for. Like He's been doing this for years, and he always yeah. comes out on top. So he makes some really smart moves. Um, and seven and nine, seven and nine so far. Ray's making a lot of money. He's known for this. Uh, he does this year in year out. So make sure you check out the Raiders podcast as well. Uh, and, uh, then we got the pregame show, the tailgate talk, uh, as well as, uh, the halftime hash show. Uh, and, uh, so we got a ton of content for you guys. Uh, Broncos football is here. We're in the middle of it. It's fantastic. Uh, with the Broncos being home the next two weeks, uh, uh, we got Ray, probably uh, Ray and Jerry taking over the halftime show. So make sure you give those guys uh, some love. Uh, and I don't know. I think that's it, man. Yeah, I think I think you covered it all. I, you know, when you say them all out loud, you're like, damn, is there a time that we're not film or shooting something podcast <laughs> show? But uh, yeah, Rager seven and nine. Uh, let's keep that streak going. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool, John. Well, thanks a lot for joining me once again. Um, Always. And uh, I think we'll descend it as usual on a very strong go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Oh.